Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Let's bring in John Sauber now from the Center Daily Times. John, always a pleasure. Great to have you back. Thanks for having me on, Steve. I appreciate it. So uh, Patrick Kraft, Boston College, being targeted, said to be the primary target. Uh, What do you know about this? Yeah, so it, it sounds to me like this is a you know uh, a, not necessarily a done done deal, but that um, you know barring a, a, a really surprising snag, I guess it, it'll be done. Um, it, to me, it it seems like a good hire, right? Uh, it is always tough to tell with athletic directors sometimes, especially someone as young as Kraft. He's only forty four years old, but he's been doing this for a little bit for a forty four year old. Uh, you know, five years at Temple, two years at Boston College. He's been in the Power Five before with the Boston College uh, stint. And it, and it seems like he's going to make football priority based on his background, based on what I know about him, and and sort of how he handles things. So I, I think all in all, this you know this is something I expect to be done. As you know, I, I was able to confirm this morning and, and reported on CenterDaily.com, and uh, I think if this is going to be a good hire, and so far it seems like it's generally been well received as well. Yeah, so let's talk about the football part of it. Obviously, worked very close with Matt Rule, State College's own, down at Temple. And then I've heard reports how closely you work with Jeff Halfley up at Boston College. You know, what can he bring to the table, especially in the fundraising part of it, that can make a difference? Yeah, I think that's the biggest part of this, right? With with any AD hire they were going to make, um, it's it's sort of a spot where the, the two primary head coaches are are in place in James Franklin and Micah Shrewsbury. It doesn't seem like anything needs to be done on those fronts. So then it's about elevating programs, and especially elevating the football program. Obviously, there's the lingering Beaver Stadium question, fundraising, potentially either putting a new stadium up or, or uh, renovating Beaver Stadium. Uh, Penn State obviously sent that survey out last year. Um, I think he's going to do really, really well um, to, to fund, or as a fundraiser and to, to sort of build the, uh, the base of funds back together, I should say. Um, having that Matt Roll connection obviously helps with that, right? Someone that he, he was close with, someone that is close to the community and clo- is close to Penn State and State College uh, can sort of help bridge some connections, assuming they're still close. And, and, and this is really an opportunity for him to uh, build upon what's already here and, and help sort of with the, the arms race that college football has become, uh, especially with facilities. We hear James Franklin talk about it all the time, the need to improve on that front, the need to sort of keep keep pace with those things uh you know i think he's as well positioned as any athletic director hire would have been to to build off of that all right which brings up the uh, next part of it because um when you look at that arms race james franklin has put out a challenge saying we have to decide quote who we want to be you know to use his words does a hire like patrick Kraft tell everybody what penn state wants to be uh, I think so. Uh, you know, I think it, it says that this is a an athletic department that wants to use football as the moneymaker it is, that uses it to help fund other sports, but that's generally going to fund money to football to help grow in other areas as sort of its means uh, to that end, right? They, they want to have that wildly successful athletic department, one that is also widely successful, um, but, but that starts and ends with football and the ability to, to generate funds from that standpoint and then use those funds elsewhere as needed. Um, I will be interested to see what it does mean for other sports, uh, but I do think for as far as football is concerned, this is maybe not an all-in move on football, but a clear sign that this is sort of the North Star for Penn State. 
All right, so you mentioned other sports, which, of course, here means a lot. But what a lot of people don't realize is Boston College is a 29-sport university. Uh, Does that now make a difference because he's now gone through the last couple of years of having to manage something like that? Yeah, I I think that experience definitely helps, right? Going from 29 to 31 sports isn't, isn't that large of a leap. Uh, I, I will be interested to see what it means, you know, long term. Because as we know, he was only at Boston College for two years, so it, it's a little right. tougher to get long term plans and access at that point. But I think right. it's a positive sign. It, it shows that he knows how to manage those sort of uh, bigger athletic departments, ones that have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of things to manage. Generally, right? You have you have a ton of sports, ton of sports that want to be highly successful at that, and these aren't just, you know, sports that are existing for the sake of existing. Penn State is always. You know, been proud of how it can win national titles in uh, in all 31 sports, and, and they emphasize that a lot. So, uh, I think the ability to manage that is going to be important, and his experience doing that will help him out. Um, but it, it's tough to say long term what that outlook will be, given that you know he he hasn't had that much time at Boston College to sort of go full bore into those things. Now, John, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, and you and I have both talked about his you know his extensive passion in the area of football. Yet he did hire the basketball coach at Boston College, Earl Grant, and he also secured a lead gift of $15 million for a basketball practice facility. Is that an indicator he's willing to go out and do whatever it takes to help other sports too? I think the $15 million is, is a good sign really for everyone. right? Like to get that massive of a gift, I believe that was one of the largest gifts in Boston College history that he was able to secure. Um, it does show a, a willingness to go out and, and secure gifts wherever they can be available and, and sort of, you know, wherever alumni want to help the university and help the athletic department, he wants to help there too, it seems like, right? Like that seems the, like the intent there. So as long as those things are available and as long as he's help, able to help other programs, I think that'll be, you know, something that he probably pursues. Um, but yeah, that, there's no doubt that, you know, the, there is some, a basketball track record there too. Uh, the hiring of Earl Grant, which I, I was a fan of at the time at Boston College, um, yes. you know, is to me a good hire. We'll see if he's able to turn it around there. But yeah, I think there's a, a willingness to sort of dip outside of football as well. Then there's the other part because it has been the ACC the last two years after transitioning from the American. And he has Big Ten experience, by the way. He's an Indiana grad and he was in the athletic department there. Uh, for a period of time, but the fact that he has been at a Power Five and sat at a Power Five table, what kind of difference does that make? Well, I think it makes all of the difference, especially with the sort of state of college athletics right now. Right, like the we know the importance of NIL, we know the importance of being involved in those larger discussions, and it seems like he's able to be involved in those discussions because he's well versed in them. Uh, and to, to piggyback off your point, you know, he was. From what I've heard, a candidate in 2020 when Indiana uh, was looking for a new athletic director. So right. it, it seems like he he is someone that is sort of in these circles, and I think that matters. And, and the NIL part of it is is such a massive part too. You know, with making sure Penn State is as well positioned as possible to help its student athletes out, and you know, having experience in the last two years as, as everyone has kind of navigated that unknown. Uh, him having to navigate it already and sort of knowing some of what comes with it will be helpful down the line. Now, we know the TV contract's coming up. Now, he's not going to have anything to do with that. That's being done at the conference level. But unbeknownst to, I think, most people they haven't really talked about, the Nike contract is up at Penn State. He just negotiated the deal for Boston College. They are an Adidas New Balance school. 
Um, it, it, I don't know how far along they are in any kind of negotiations with Nike right now in terms of re-upping it, but the fact he does have experience in that area, John. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's very helpful. And he also did at Temple, too, right, when uh, yes. Temple had a deal with Under Armour, and then he was able to get a deal with Nike. Uh, and then, as you said, you know, at, uh, at Boston College, getting the, the three-year deal for football where it's sort of a football-only Adidas thing, and then New Balance for basically everything else, the 10-year right. deal, you know, New Balance, a Boston-based company. It was local. It, it made sense for them. Um, and so they were able. He was able to negotiate basically three of those deals, two of them simultaneously at Boston College, one of them at Temple. So, uh, yeah, you're right. That, that Temple or the the Nike deal being up matters, right? As as, as sort of part of the, uh, the the branding part of this that can kind of go with NIL in some sense. Uh, you know, as, as everyone's sort of trying to stay on the cutting edge of whether it's footwear, footwear or apparel or what have you. You know, kids want to go places where they like the gear too, and I think it could help to have. Uh, you know, a, a sort of a, a new deal to know sort of where you're going to be at the next few years. How important in terms of this hire that you're getting the general impression, you're getting the general impression that they're hiring a pros pro. Yeah, it, it seems like this is this is someone that is going in knowing, sort of with clear eyes, right, knowing exactly what is what is ahead and knowing exactly how to handle these situations. And like I said, with you know, with the other the other things we've talked about, having that wherewithal to know to know what's happening, to know um, what it means to be an athletic director at a Big Ten school, and to to be able to handle yourself accordingly, I think really matters, um, especially when you're sort of talking with these other power brokers. Because he goes from Boston College, where yes, it's a Power Five school, but it's not necessarily one of the big seats at the table, to a place where you're in the big seat at the table or one of the big seats at the table. And so you have to be able to communicate with others in that way. And I, I have to think he's going to have, you know, almost no issues with that, almost no issues with fundraising. Every, from everything I know about him, he's very likable, very easy to get along with, very easy to sort of, uh, you know, right. uh, I don't want to say negotiate with because you always want to be a good negotiator, but very easy to communicate with, right? Like, uh, and I think that's going to be a big plus. A very outgoing personality. I mean, yeah, very absolutely. outgoing personality. I mean, I only met him a couple times. I mean, like, just, like, met him. Like, no long, extended conversation. But you could tell, great personality. Uh, I've got to ask you about the blue-white game. What were your thoughts? Oh, man, it was – I missed the, the actual game aspect of it, right? I, I think sure, James Franklin right. did, too. It was, it was one of those situations where it was – uh, you know, they had to make those changes. The offensive line, they just didn't have as many guys ready as they wanted to. But, you know, you you really realize how much you miss the old format when you see it sort of take on uh, the, the shape that it did. Uh, right. I will say I think that defense is going to be very, very good this year. Uh, little reason to, to think it won't be once again under Manny Diaz like it was under Brent Pry. Yeah, that's that's certainly a, a part of it. And also, what did you think of the quarterbacks? I thought it was interesting. I thought, you know, the you could see the clear arm talent, especially with uh, Drew Aller, you know, that, that, that was there. But he's, a, you know, an 18-year-old kid playing college football, and I think this sort of allowed the, the expectations, the early expectations to be reset for someone like that. Um, you know, Clifford was someone I was honestly surprised by the number of reps that he got. And even when, when James mentioned that he had gotten over 200 reps, 201 reps in the spring, I think was the total number. Uh, right. I kind of thought he would get more of a spring off, but having another spring in your offense can be helpful. Uh, Veyu has always impressed me. Uh, you know, I think he's got sort of the arm talent that is not on par with someone like Aller, but, but that is sort of probably the highest level outside of the elite of the elite. 
Uh, and I think he was, you know, he was impressive, you know, whether it was our windows to watch in practice or in the spring game. Uh, I know things weren't perfect because the environment was a little bit weird, but I was, I've always been impressed with Bayou. Yeah, and Bayou had a great spring, as a matter of fact. You've always followed basketball closely as well. You know, obviously we ran into each other in Indianapolis. Penn State's added officially two transfers in right now. What can they mean to the program? I think they're pretty big. You know, I, I think Cameron Winter and Andrew Funk are really what this team needed. They needed more ball handlers last year. I remember last time I came on when we were talking during the Big Ten tournament, it was, you know, they, they ran so much of the offense through Sam Sessoms and Jalen Pickett that you needed more right. guys you could do that with. When you lose Sessoms, but you replace him with Funk and Winter, who can both run the offense, who can both attack off the dribble, who can both get shots up from beyond the arc, which, as we know, is, is always important. They can both create for others a little bit, win or more than funk, but they're guys that are going to come in, buy into the program, which is always a necessity, right? You need them to, to sort of be helping the young guys, too, while they're here, and, and, and I think they'll be willing to do that. Um, and I think they're going to be big pieces to this offense. I, I think one or two of them, or one or both of them, I should say, will probably start at least one, maybe both, depending on how right. big Penn State wants to go and what they can do at, at center in the transfer portal here moving forward. But uh, I, I do think those are going to be two pretty big additions and, and two additions that could, you know, again, we, I talked about last time that the results might be similar next year, but they, they might be more positive sort of based on who's doing what. Uh, I think they could actually be better next year with these two additions. This is a, a team position to finish, you know, in the, the top eight or nine of the Big Ten if everything breaks right and if they can fill that center spot, uh, as I'm sure they want to. If they can fill the center spot, John, to go with the two guards or wings, what can that mean to the to allowing the freshmen to come in and be on their own clock? I think I think that's enormous, and I think you nailed it with that. Allowing Demetrius Lilly and Keba Jai to not have to be massive contributors early at the five uh, would would be big for them. Uh, I think one or both could contribute some next year, and, and frankly, they'll probably have to. Um, but allowing those guys to come in, and if they're not ready, to not be ready, right? You you don't want to force them into action if they're not ready. Uh, and you want it to be okay if they're not ready to go and need to take half a season, a full season, to get to that level. Um, but I think landing that five could change everything for their development um, because we already, you know, we should already see that the, the guards, Kanye Clary, Jamil Brown, Evan Mahaffey, uh, those guys should be able to come in and contribute contribute as needed just because of the positions they play and the depth Penn State has, the guard and the wing. Setting the bigs up to do the same would be enormous. John, Great work, as always. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me on, Steve. I appreciate it. Talk to you.